three, two, Prepare one. For light speed. Punch it, Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Holocron Hoopla. Hoopla! Hoopla! The unofficial podcast of This Is The Way. This is the We're way. back again this week oh, for the, the penultimate way. episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. Episode 7, The Spies. Ooh, baby, what an episode. Definitely the best episode of the season, probably, in Ooh. my opinion. I loved it. Can't wait to talk about <laughs> it with all the Hot wonderful take. members of the Hoopla Croopla here with me, as always, is the Jedi historian, Andy Smith. Yes. Andy Smith here. A connoisseur of many nerdy things, DC, Marvel, Lord of the Rings, and Star Wars. Admiral Thrawn, you say? Grand Admiral <laughs> Thrawn. Hmm. <laughs> A little deep dive into the lore. We'll get into all those wonderful details from those books you've been reading, Andy. But before we do that, we got to introduce everybody's favorite droid. And not just the shell of a droid, but a full droid himself, Chris Pio. <laughs> C3Pio here wishing I was that new IG-12 unit controlled mm. by little Grogu. But I will take being a protocol droid for now. Back here to talk <laughs> about episode 7 Everything seems to be coming to a head in sort of a Marvel Avengers meetup type Ooh. of deal. We'll get into those details about the other Star Wars universe shows coming here on this episode now. Oh, yeah. And we do have maybe some, some insight into Star Wars Celebration that you guys can share with us for this episode. Maybe, Can't wait to maybe. hear about that. Absolutely. There's things to say. Oh, baby. I can't wait. But before we do that, of course, we have to introduce the final member of the Hoopla Croopla. Our very own little buddy piloting a little mech suit with a little <laughs> speak button, allowing him to only say two words yes. for this entire episode, yes. unfortunately. Yes. yes. No. Yes. It's Jake Laxer. No. Yes. 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 No. Yes. Yes. Voiced by Taika Waititi. By yes. The way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Change my mind. <laughs> Jake Laxer here, lover of all things TV and movies. Yes, this was a great episode, <laughs> and I would argue it was my favorite episode. And no, I will not go into more detail until we dive into this episode. Let's get into the hoopla, my friends. I Ooh. love it. Uh, my name's Jamie Clare, and if you guys want to find us on Twitters or Instagrams or TikToks, where can they go, Chris? You can find us at Hoopla Podcasts across platforms, both Twitter and Instagram to interact and engage with us. And now TikTok, if you want to catch little snippets of our episodes here and, you know, not have to listen to the full long form thing. Of course, if you do listen to the long form and the entire episode, we'd very much appreciate it if you'd uh, give us a little rating based on what you think, as well as maybe leave a little review. Tell us what we can improve on. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, and tell us anything you'd like to see coming up on the Hoopla podcast. Exactly. We appreciate all the reviews that you guys have for us. Helps out the show, helps more people find the hoopla if we get some nice reviews and comments on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Also, you can get yourself some cool little merch. I'm drinking a coffee out of a, one of our fancy Hobbit hoopla mugs right now. We also got Holocron hoopla stuff. Andy, if someone wants to get some of this merch, where can they go? Take a look at hoopla podcast network.square.site for Holocron hoopla gear, uh, Hobbit hoopla gear, and more on the way. Uh, all the time here. This so is the way. If you want to support the pod, uh, take a look at hoopalpodcastnetwork.square.site. 
beautiful. And I think that's all we got before we dive into this episode, unless Jake, you want to say something crazy? Ah! <laughs> I just wanted to make perfect. This is the way. Yeah, this is the way. Misa approved. <laughs> I just felt right. that was a little crazy. Well, then we'll be right back after this quick break to talk about The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 7, The Spies. Back after this. Times two, times four. Here we go! The longest song yet. I love it. Sped it up though. Wow, guys. This episode was incredible from start to finish. What a bounce back after last week's disappointing Jack Black Lizzo episode to get into some real hey intense now. Mandalorian, just classic Mandalorian episode from start to finish. Moff Gideon is back. We've got Kane being a little spy. We've got maybe some more spies in our midst. We've got the Mandalorians coming together. We've got more giant monsters attacking everybody. Whew, where do we begin? We have peril. I, Finally, we have risk and consequence. Yes. <laughs> stakes you have danger. I knew Thanks Jake would be happy with that. the stakes. Oh, I was so happy with the stakes. I'll tell you where we begin. We actually begin with a comment on the last episode in which I do indeed have to decrease my previous rating. I forget exactly what it, it was. was a 55. But you gave it a 55 out of 66. <laughs> the episode really? with Jack Black and Lizzo, you gave it a 55 out of 66. Well, wasn't that the worst If you'll remember, season? it had a plus five cameo bonus. So it was really a oh. 50. I'll explain what I mean. This episode finally showed us, yes, you're exactly right, that true Mandalorian, that true Western-style uh, you know, conflicts and, and gripes and strifes and everything that they have to go through. So when we're talking about the previous six episodes before this one, where it's which ones are going to matter? What does matter? Does anything matter? I've come to realize that the past episode is definitely a filler episode, and I will be using that oh. word as to describe that it was indeed a filler episode. Uh, it, it was a fine episode, that previous one, but now that we can see what Mandalorian does have to offer in these final two episodes, uh, that one was certainly worth a lower rating. So I'd like to apologize to the Hoopla community and our Hoopla audience out there and say that it did not deserve that fifty. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to repent a little harder if we're going to ever forgive you for that rating. But for now, we'll move past it. We'll talk about this episode because, I mean, just incredible. Moff Gideon is back. And Andy, we got to dive wow. into everything with Thrawn because I'm not super familiar with this, but we do have that meeting with Moff Gideon and those other the, members. The Shadow of, Council. Yes, the Shadow yes. Council. So, Andy, what is going on there? So this was, uh, first of all, this is kind of a culmination of uh, about 10 years where about 10 years ago, a trilogy of books came out that created was essentially the it was called Aftermath, the, the series here. Um, and it was the aftermath of, of the Death Star blowing up and what happened to the Empire. And out of that came the Shadow Council. The Shadow Council was created by one of the, the Grand Admirals of the Empire. Um, and they essentially were in, well, they were in the background there. They were the Shadow Council. It's changed over time. It, at one point, 
they all went out into the outer regions, and we thought that's where, you know, the First Order would eventually arise. But we've found here that what we have six members of the Shadow Council are various warlords throughout the galaxy. Hux uh, was one of the... Let me look at the... Very exciting, the by the here? way. Oh, Dom... Yeah. So Domel Gleason, uh, his brother, Brian, who was the, the younger Hux the, the, in uh, The Force Awakens, uh, the brother plays Brendel Hux, who is the father of that First Order leader. Um, oh. He is in multiple books as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they're really just connecting all these little strings that they put out in the comics and the books and in some of the TV shows um, where they're really kind of uh, getting us ready, doing that bridge that we talked about between, you know, Luke Skywalker's time and the Rebel Alliance to the First Order. Like the Empire never truly went away. It just was formed into a different into a different way. And clearly they're they're pushing into this idea that uh, Commander Hux here is there's a project necromancer. So is yeah. that is that mm. what we're talking about with somehow Palpatine returned? I think, you know, <laughs> John Favreau <laughs> and Dave Filoni and, and uh, Rick Famuyiwa, they're really kind of doing what the Clone Wars did for the the original or the prequel trilogy. They're kind of fixing the sequel trilogy. Some of the threads that just didn't make sense. Um and I'm really excited that from ten years ago they started this idea of the Shadow Council and then it's it's showing its way into what we're looking at as a Thrawn as uh Chris said, Avengers style movie um that was announced here in uh, at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, so, question for you, Loremaster. Uh, when J.J. Abrams wrote The Rise of Skywalker, do you believe this was his <laughs> intent in mind to somehow he returned, flash forward uh, five to ten years, we now have the Shadow Council? <laughs> do you think this is the direction? <laughs> or he was just like, eh, someone else will figure it out. It's Disney. They've got it. They'll make magic happen. Yeah, I would say that JJ, you know, he just wanted Palpatine back, baby. And, it, you know, <laughs> somehow we returned. But luckily, our friends over at Lucasfilm, they had some of these strings out here waiting to be Dave pulled. Filoni. Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. Kathleen John Kennedy. John Favreau. I mean, they're all doing it. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way, though, to cult, like have a culmination experience for these tv shows right the mandalorian is a love tv yeah. show ahsoka looks great um mm. there uh skeleton crew uh played you know uh led by jude law has some good Acolyte. promise Acolyte looks like being, it has promise as well all of these being culminated in a movie yeah so what is this potentially movie? has I, thrawn i'm not familiar you know, with this was there a movie announcement that i missed uh, tell us about there the Star was Wars celebration there was a few there was a few movie announcements but we'll i'll i'll hold on two of the others I'll, I'll start with the the main movie announcement that's related mandalorian there is going to be a culmination event in the next five to seven years it sounds like being released in movie theatrically um where it will be mandalorian boba fett uh uh, Ahsoka all coming together in this kind of final culminating uh, movie experience epic uh, presumably Thrawn being the villain Ooh, is what we baby. think so they're, they're really is this kind with of Daisy Ridley? Go together. 
No, that is, is a different movie. There is another uh, movie announcement where Daisy Ridley will be returning as Ray. Follow fifteen ooh. years following uh, the sequel trilogy, hmm. and she'll be building the Jedi Order. Chris, what what else? What do you think about kind of the the potential of a Thrawn movie that's really being set up by these individual TV shows. Yeah, I, I love it. And I mentioned at the top, it is kind of that Avengers style, uh, Disney come together type of moment. I think that's what we're going to see. We mentioned on a couple episodes past when talking about Mandalorian, that now you're kind of having to do your homework when it comes to all these other characters. And no more relevant is it now than after watching this episode seven. Uh, you don't need to do as much homework as you do with some of the Marvel shows to understand the progressions of some of those characters. But it is now more than ever worthwhile to go back and, and watch and or rewatch uh, and or. Hey, I'm down for and or rewatch. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> I'd be down. Yeah. Watch and or rewatch. Uh, Clone Wars, uh, even Rebels now that we're seeing uh, many of the Rebels characters show up in this Ahsoka. So I, I saw a, a meme online somewhere. I forget where it was that Scooby-Doo unmasking meme where it's like oh, it's, yeah, it has yeah. an image of one thing, but you pull the, the hood off and it's right. an image of another thing. And it was like all the new announcements from Star Wars celebrations. And then the, the line was, let's take that mask off and see who you really are. And then the, on the bottom panel, it was Dave Filoni unmasking it. And it was Clone Wars Season 8 and Rebels Season 5. <laughs> which is, that's what Ahsoka is going to be. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm thoroughly excited for it. And as we focus the conversation back towards Mando Episode 7, we, we do indeed see Moff Gideon being a huge part of this universe, even though he was only introduced in ep Season 1 of The Mandalorian. But now things are getting bigger. With that scene, I felt like Moff Gideon, yes, he holds some sort of power. Yes, he's able to clap back and talk at that Shadow Council. But did you guys get the feeling that he maybe wasn't the big honcho, uh, the biggest thing, maybe not the most important leader in that council? Yeah, and I think he not was kind of resenting that. I yeah. think he wants to be the biggest leader. And he's like, hey, guys. Yes. Right. Listen to well, me. I, I got yeah. this going. Perhaps, also, perhaps has the greatest aspirations of any of the Shadow Council. Oh, members. I would say so. Yeah, I, yes. I would absolutely say you can. The way that Giancarlo Esposito played this scene, he still seems like the most villainous, the mo the person that will do whatever it takes to get to what he wants. He was, <clears throat> he was, to uh, Captain Pelion's face, saying, "Where is your your?" this Thrawn of yours, like he's not yeah. at the shadow council. Is he really the leader that, that he, you know, you say he is. Um, so there's clearly going to be some, uh, some division there. I would even say, can I throw out a theory real quick? Please you? do. Oh, there are music, there are music. Moff Gideon will be killed by grand Admiral Thrawn. Ooh. Mm. Are you putting In a win on this? Action. Oh, that would be a oh, great man. ending to the villain and a great case, in, and a better would... introduction to Thrawn I, I in the live action happen. format. Now that I'm thinking about that, Chris, does that mean it has to be a next episode as Dang. because they're introduced? We know that he's being introduced in Ahsoka. Uh -oh. That would be a heck of a ending to the season. Grand Admiral Thrawn killing Moff Gideon. That's. A spicy theory. Agreed. Spicy. Now, to, to put some 
emphasis on that, we did get the announcement of who was going to be playing live action Thrawn, and it is a a well received announcement. It's Jake Laxer himself. Ours. I'm Thrawn, <laughs> you guys. That's his voice. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fear me. <laughs> it's Thrawn. Uh, Yes, it is indeed our own Jake Laxer here. Uh, spoilers, apparently Kathleen spoilers. Kennedy listens to the pod, and she was just really yes. into Jake. Yes. And who wouldn't be? <laughs> Me. Yes. Uh, but but <laughs> with the timing of Star Wars Celebration, where we did see the Ahsoka panel, we did see Lars Mikkelsen get fully announced, I, I might have to say Andy could be right. It's possible they could see Thrawn doing something nefarious and perhaps even nefarious towards Moff Gideon in this next episode. It'd be, it'd be quite the jam-packed timeline to get that done. That would be difficult, but if pulled off correctly, I mean that, what, what a, uh, Thanos type moment, right? True. Like that's why we were terrified of Thanos because he was built over time and they've been throwing out Thrawn's name last season, this season, early on, now very headed towards that the ahsoka trailer if they introduced him live action that would be sweet killing i do think they would have to be careful about the way they could do because it could turn out to be fantastic with him coming in killing moff gideon crazy introduction but they don't want to undercut the conflict between moff gideon and the mandalorians specifically dinjarin and bo katan like you can't just have someone else come in and defeat the guy that they've been fighting against for so many seasons. The only reason as to why I'm feeling that this would work is because we have John Favreau in this piloting seat, right? I mean, with Dave Filoni yeah. at his side, if if John Favreau wasn't in this picture, I'd be very wary of the situation. But I feel like it could be pulled off because he's already done it. He knows he knows the road to success in this that's sort true. of scenario. That, that's true. how Elf ended, yeah, right? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Everyone's back at the, the North Pole. Mr. Narwhal. You know, he found his dad. So yeah. it's, it's that, fine. I think that'd be it's very fine. cool. But we do. So that conversation with the, the Shadow Council set up a lot of very interesting things. We have Project Necromancy. Somehow Palpatine returns, and we also have a continuation of Moff Gideon's aspirations toward figuring out this cloning process. We see more of those little mm. tanks he has in the background, maybe leading towards a Snoke situation, probably, maybe, yeah. maybe leading towards something clony. Yeah. Because uh, Hux, he says, yeah, Hux cloning, that's your thing. I, right. he, but he clearly is doing cloning on the side. So what's going on there? Is there a different, like, is, uh, is Moff Gideon included in on this Palpatine kind of, uh, you know, resurrection? Or is this, does he have different aspirations? Like, is, is, is it a whole separate thing that Moff Gideon's doing? Well, it does, perhaps, look, let's, it perhaps, does look like Snoke in the background. Perhaps you can speak to the Shadow Council more than we can because of your, you know, you having read aftermath, but I imagine each one of them would be trying to, you know, supersede every, the other mm, members of the yes. council. I feel like everyone's trying to gain the greatest hold of power mm-hmm. in that situation. You know, so not to be lost in all this is the original, I guess not plan, original goal of Moff Gideon. We don't know the full plan, but he he wanted Grogu. He wanted Grogu. We right. knew that Pershing was installed to uh, uh, capture Grogu or capture any beings that have a high M count as mm. they so subtly hit mm, it in the first yes. episode or first season. 
Uh, we're not midichlorians. I mean, it's 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 probable and likely plausible that it is indeed midichlorians. We don't know for sure, but it's definitely midichlorians. <laughs> yeah. I'd say we know uh, for sure. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> we know for sure. We don't know, but we know. We, we know for sure. Uh, that being said, we don't necessarily know that it is a cloning operation. All roads lead to potential cloning in the sense that somehow Palpatine returned, but it could just be maybe like a life-sucking energy force, maybe a life-prolonging thing instead of a cloning thing. Who knows? We don't really know 100% what Moff Gideon is trying to do. Now it just kind of seems like a, a an A versus B, a red versus blue conflict between him and the Mandalorians as a whole. So maybe those goals will not get explored at all in the final episode. Uh, but it's not to don't lose sight of the fact that he was seeking Grogu in the first place for some mm-hmm. sort of operation of instead course. of just trying to take on the entire Mandalorian covert. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, he's got a lot of fun things going on, and this whole time, unbeknownst to us. His base of operations has been on Mandalore. That was mind blowing when they were running through those tunnels, and you just come out, and there's just a hangar filled with all these Tie Fighters and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. dozens and dozens of these new stormtroopers with Mandalorian Baskar armor. Ooh, man, who saw that coming? That Moff Gideon was on Mandalore this whole time. Not I. It's a great spot to hide. Yeah. <laughs> Great spot died. Where they think you're already dead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't see that coming at all when, when the scene was happening and they were kind of getting chased. I was like, this is bad. This is an ambush. But I had no idea that they were walking into a, a full-on military operation. I mean, when the walls started to change from that rocky structure to the actual Imperial walls, I was like, is this an old abandoned facility? Oh, yep. nope, wait, uh, those are TIE interceptor screwed. bombers. So yep. you, just, <laughs> you just actually blew my mind because I did not put that together until this exact moment. I'm looking at a picture of, of Giancarlo Esposito with the Shadow Council, and I didn't realize that, yes, he actually was there later on. I assumed that that was just a different location. So now uh, my mind is blown, Jay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know what to say. It was crazy. I, and part of me was thinking that maybe there was like a time jump between the Shadow Council conversation mm. and then him showing up on Mandalore. But it would have taken so long for him to build that base on Mandalore that I, he has to have been right. there for a long time. Right. Also, yeah. the actual architecture was so cool. As he was walking to the Shadow Council and the, uh, and the, the rays or the beams were getting dispersed like in Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's mm-hmm. walking by these uh, stormtrooper slash, you know, dark trooper slash Mandalorian troopers, which were very <laughs> cool. Um, very cool. The, it honestly it was kind of reminiscent of Mustafar in Vader's castle. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the vibe he's going for with his outfit, with his helmet that we eventually yeah. see. Yeah, he's very um, Vader. He's definitely trying to emanate those those vibes. And maybe that's because that's such a commanding presence compared to just these captains and these admirals that are a part of the Shadow Council. Yeah, I mean, I, I immediately thought Vader when we saw his costume design um, in terms of like the black cape, he even has mm-hmm. the black mask. Um, it was very Vader-esque. Do I think, is this kind of goes back to Chris's conversation, are we going back to the same planet situation? 
Uh, can we see something a little bit fresher? I wanted it to be Mustafar so bad. Oh, that, now that would have been interesting. I see. If we're going Vader, let's buy. Let's buy all in. Let's go all in. But uh, you know, I I I think a different sort of look would have been a little bit more appealing to me personally. But I was about it. Sure, I was fine. Yeah, I think he looked cool as hell. Man, we have so much to talk about. This episode is jam packed with everything, and I know we've been talking about Seriously. Moff Gideon for the entire episode so far but he's he's the best a, a great character and we have a few more things to talk yeah, giancarlo esposito great about actor. moff gideon before we can possibly move on to other topics but along the the costume design idea we get those red stormtrooper guys what are they called we saw them in this sequel trilogy Oh, so that yeah. those were Praetorian guards, yeah, yeah. and that they called out the Praetorian guards with Hux. He asked asked Hux for reinforcements, Three. and I thought yeah. that that was just going to be okay. They mentioned Praetorian guards; those are Snoke's guardsmen. No, we get those in the Mandalorian, oh, yeah. which once again, thank you for saving the sequel trilogy, John Favreau and <laughs> Dave Filoni. I think that was <laughs> yep. such a cool introduction. And the way that they, and I'm sorry for taking this away from you, Jamie, the way that they take out my favorite character of season yeah. three. Oh, God. Paz Vizsla. What a Finally. cool ending for a character. Killing the entire uh, you know, army. And then the Praetorian guards just come in and Yeah, dude, what an incredible him. scene. What a way to go out for Paz Vizsla. Just... He's yeah. shooting his uh, cannon, whatever his guns call. He's shooting it so long that it just melts, killing all these stormtroopers, and then just starts throwing stormtroopers off a cliff, kicking them, and then <laughs> I, taking down the Batorian I see you reacting, Chris, and I feel like I have a similar reaction, but please go on, Chris. Here comes no. the gripe. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, gripe. Yeah. 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 Right, this no, is no, no, the no, guy no, I'm the, looking the, for. The scene itself was beautiful, and it's a it's a very small gripe. It's, but it's a, a gripe we see in so many movies. Why did he have to sacrifice himself? The Darksaber was clearly the only thing strong enough to cut through that blast door. Everyone else was through. Bo-Katan could have covered as he backed up. And it's not even like they could just open the door because he didn't, like jam the the control panel or anything like normally you see him like you know blast control panels to open or close the door permanently all he did was just kept shooting and he was like there's too many of them okay run run shut but up great it, boy the scene itself was very heroic i was a great that, guy that was i'm the sorry most, that was the most mandalorian yeah. ending right he it was dies, so mandalorian. he dies in honor on mandalore which he just finally got back to of course yes. he was going to sacrifice himself to save the others. I loved it. It was, uh, it was fantastic. I, my gripe is it took so long for him to die. Um, oh, my I don't, God. What, the, I don't what think, is wrong with you guys? Know. It was an incredible... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. I personally... I, I felt like it was a very dramatic, long, drawn-out death. Yes. Honestly, of course it was. It was, was supposed to be. It was incredibly sure, dramatic. Sure. It was too sure. cinematic. I just feel like he, it didn't seem real. <laughs> yeah. The choreography was too nice. You know, I felt like I was watching a I'm TV I'm just saying, Paz Vizsla for me was dead back in the bird's nest episode five. <laughs> or, or Ragnar lost a leg. Some, there needed to be stakes. There needed to be consequences. God but damn it. I, I we finally it. Sure. get stakes and sure. consequences and you're still mad about it. Unbelievable. <laughs> but we got to go back to my original I'm point just... of bringing up these uh, 
Petrorian, pre- Petruvian, Petruvian Peruvian guards. Praetorian. Oh. Peruvian guards. <laughs> Their yeah. costumes. Let's get some more of those. Their helmets had little horns on them, similar to our good friend the armorer. Coincidence? Or is there oh. something deeper going on? Because now that's you might ask, that's a where was the armorer during this little uh, trap, the ambush that they ended up on? The armorer came down to Mandalore with them, but the she was conveniently not there for the ambush. Ah, was she? This goes the back spy? to the yeah. So the name of the episode, uh, the spies, is clearly plural, which goes back to my theory from last week, which on yeah. Kane. I I I'm I don't know, Jamie. There's there's a few possibilities here. There's the armor. I'm more on the I, I think that that could be a case that she is the spy. But there's also the night owls that just happen to be on Mandalore, survived all this time. I think they might be the spies. Or it could be Axe. And the episode is plural, mm. not just singular spy, but the spies. Yeah. Or Axe. So, so who... It's not just... It could be Axe. Who is it? That's, that'll be up for debate for the next, I guess, week. We Better should find function. out next episode. Who isn't but. it? <laughs> yeah, who isn't a spy? One Hopefully Grogu's hope. not a spy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just doing a, a cursory check here, uh, the Praetorian guards from like The Last Jedi in the sequel trilogy did not have any sort of horns. Uh, they looked more like standard knights with standard helmets. So Just as a uh, fact could, check here... The Praetorian guards in this episode did not have horns, but the uh, Moff Gideon's men, they had horns, as his did as well. Oh, okay. So, uh, okay. so, so not the Peruvian guards, but some of them did have horns. Good fact. Check. <laughs> so Good the fact theory check. still stands. <laughs> Is there a relationship between the armorer and these horny little stormtroopers? This is true. <laughs> I think that's a, that's, a good, that's a good theory. And she has... Throughout the season, you know, do- she doesn't say much. And she, when she does, she does, it is commanding. There's something that seems like maybe she does have ulterior motives, but at the same time, maybe that's just how her character is designed. Like, she is supposed to be in the background and really just, uh, you know, guides her Mandalorian covert along the way. Yeah. It would be a great twist to see Emily Swallow happen to you know, be allied with Moff Gideon. Or, now that we're talking about this, it would this, make for a nice twist. Everything the armor has done up to this point has led to all of the Mandalorians joining forces and getting to Mandalore to be mm-hmm. right here, right now, where this ambush happened. Like, if she had Yo, ulterior man. motives, she led every single Mandalorian to this ambush. To your theory, Jim, what if a tracking beacon was installed in Grogu's chest plate that she had uh, given him, like, back in episode four or episode five? Now, that could be interesting. That's a pretty specific theory. I don't know if you want to stake your claim on that. (laughs) Stake my claim. Give me my claim. I'm a take It's not like he's never been wrong before. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, whatever. Jamie, if your theory ends up being right, like... Kudos to you. That's a great theory. If Jake's end up being right, oh my God, Jake really is a show uh, part of the Star He's Wars Thrawn. universe. He is Thrawn because he we knew got everything. I told you. <laughs> yeah, I would say if they do, if they do make 
the armor turn and be the spy and allied with Moff Gideon, they really have to explain as the reason why she would have, um, you know, abandoned her, you know, the covert's philosophy and why, why she would ally with Moff Gideon. Now there are Mandalorians that allied with the empire in the past, and they've been at war before with the night owls, with Sogatan's group. So maybe that could be it. But, um, I, with killing off Paz Vizsla, if you also get rid of the armor, then who's left other than maybe Din if he's around to run the covert? Or maybe the covert just becomes a part of the Night Owl, you know, Bo Katan society. Yeah. Or Moff Gideon wins and there's no more Mandalorians well, ever. That could be true. It is important to talk about Din because Din in this episode has. A couple things to do, but one of the biggest does deal with his new commander-in-chief, Bo-Katan. What a very cool scene with them sitting on the skiff boat. Uh, She's kind of looking out pensively, and he kind of comes up and gives a pep talk in in the only way that that this uh, Mandalorian way will allow him to do. Very subtle and, and stoic, but the part where he does mention, your story is not yet, or your song is not yet written. And I will, f- mm. I will be in your service until it is. What an awesome little scene. And, mm. uh, you know, we see Katie Sackhoff react to that quite viscerally, which was uh, a, r- a real treat to see within the midst of all the action of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, bo is right now the leader, and, and we know this. Well, back to the armorer. The armorer is the one kind of spurned this on because, you know, she does walk both worlds, so maybe it was all a trap. We'll have to find out. But right trap. now... Bo-Katan is an excellent, excellent character, and I'm, and I'm pleased to see the development that they've done over the past two seasons of The Mandalorian with this. Yeah, and I feel like it wouldn't have been, you know, speaking to the relationship between Din and Bo-Katan, I don't think it would have worked as successfully if they didn't cast Pedro and Katie Sackhoff for those two roles. They sure, worked so, so synergistically together, um, and... All those times that Pedro is on set with Katie Sackoff. Yeah, never... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At least in the studio, you know, recording his lines. But all that to say, um, that one scene where they were on the boat, uh, hats off to the visual effects team. That was so sick when they were on the boat in riding in Mandalore, yes. and then they have the giant monster erupt through the crust the, of the planet. Uh, that was just so cool. Do I think they could have all jetpacked to where they were trying to go initially? They would have run yeah. out of gas. But Jay. I thought it was we've already discussed this. We established that. Sure. Except when they don't run out of gas, then they don't. Run out of gas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what I found funny about yet another giant beast encounter was that finally the Mandalorians have decided, okay, this one is actually too big. Let's run away from this problem. <laughs> they tried to fight all the and rest we're giving of them. them shit right. earlier in the season for living on that planet with the crocodile and the dinosaur birds when their home planet <laughs> yeah. is filled with these giant monstrosities. So I guess they're they were fine with that crocodile. It's like a little did, baby. Did you guys yeah, think that was I suppose be the it makes sense though. like I was like, please yeah. be the mythosaur. Please be the mythosaur. No, it's not the mythosaur. It's just another giant uh, creature that lives on this yeah. planet as well. But yeah. we are going to get a mythosaur next week, hopefully. Whoa, maybe that's how they get out of this trap. Maybe they run down into the mines and find a mythosaur. Mm, uh, yeah, actually, that's, yeah, that's actually not that's a not bad, bad. Um, That's not I, bad. 
I'd love to see a, another battle in the yeah. city itself. That would be very That would cool. make sense. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool the way they have it set up these like with all the all the characters have jetpacks. So you can have a very three-dimensional fight scene within the ruins of this city with people on different levels flying behind buildings, flying through these ruins, fighting mm. each other. It's going to oh, be set up so for cool. an incredible final battle next week. Um I can't wait for it. But to go back to that boat scene, that sailboat scene where they were sailing across a desert, that was just that was awesome. That was so cool to see them on the on the sailboat. Oh, that's cool. The mm-hmm. Mandalorians who had been, I guess, living on Mandalore this whole time. Another potential, maybe they're the spies, who knows? Uh, and we get a cool scene of Paz Vizsla and Axe playing chess. Yeah. Something. Oof. Playing space Mando chess. Game night. Sexual tension. Yeah. The sexual tension between those two was just palpable. <laughs> Somehow palpable returned. <laughs> Jesus Damn Christ! It. No comment. Yeah, no that comment. was seconded. Seconded. No comment. That's be, that, that'll be a cut yeah. for me. Donna. Yeah, I agree. That was a very cool scene. And that, what? What is? It's not. I wanted. To, I kept wanting to call it vibranium. But what were those? Vibro sword. Vibro blade. Vibro blade. Vibro blade. Yeah. That's what it yeah. was. Uh, yeah, he was really quick to pull that after like a very small dispute between two rules yeah. on a single game played by plenty of people across the galaxy but it just it just rose to show the tensions between the clans where we're already incredibly high but what what i liked about it i i just love the fact that both of them had their upper hand it wasn't like oh paz just beats the hell out of axe like axe gets him and then paz and back and forth and uh it's funny to see bo-katan said well it was gonna happen eventually and that's yeah. just what they're like, like that's their society and they just like brush it off but it seemed to me like paz was actually gonna try and kill him so yeah and then of course we get to the grogu cute counter number God. 25 oh of the Dude, episode oh the my cute God. counter so good exploded the beginning of this episode <laughs> when the when ig12 gets walked out by the and Zelen guy. Oh, bad baby. Bad baby. No squeezy. No, no squeeze. squeezy. <laughs> and then Grogu hops in. And when they're walking down the street and he's just hitting, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. yes. <laughs> that was I, like, I the didn't know if it was like, that's ever I was happened supposed to be annoyed by that. Like, I was like, I would yeah. typically be annoyed by this, but it's so cute that I'm not. Like, they're just playing on this is what the kid would do. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. I, yes. I was a smidge annoyed by it, smidge, but in a great it, way. It was though. great. Yeah, I think it was you were great, supposed though. to. Yeah, it, of course it was intense. And then he 100%. grabs the food. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You squeezing. have to pay for those. He's like, it's the yeah. toddler. He, he's, uh, <laughs> oh no, he's he's like the teen. He's the rebellious yeah. teen, like stealing the food. Yeah. Now I have to buy so many new merch items. I know. You have to buy IG eleven unrepaired. You have to buy IG twelve repaired. You have to buy IG-12 with compatible Grogu feature. <laughs> you have to buy yeah. the merchants Yo, selling Hasbro. the fruit. Yeah, Hasbro's going to lose their <laughs> minds over this episode. <laughs> um, Seriously, though, that's going to be a whole thing. And there's, you're going to have to get the Anzellan figurine to fit. You got to exchange yeah. out the Anzellan for Grogu. Does this yeah. count as Grogu's first words? Yes. Ooh. Ooh. We have been waiting all yes. season for Grogu's first words. <laughs> Jake's Jake's nailing it right now. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. 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 
No. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, legitimately though, no, because he doesn't. It, he doesn't say it himself, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's valid. Yeah. But he does communicate verbally for the first time. Right. That so, is his first verbal communication. That is true. I would think that that would count as his first word simply for the fact that it is what he wanted to say, and now he has a way to say it. True. So I think, in, I guess you would call, so take it to like American Sign Language or something like that, or even regular sign language, <laughs> if you didn't have a way to say something, because Americans are stupid. <laughs> if you didn't have a way to say something that you wanted to communicate, but you do now, does that not mean that it's your first words, even if they're not spoken? A philosophical debate I spoke, for the ages. I have spoken. Ah, <laughs> bitch, do a bitch. <laughs> Quite the debate. Andrew has something insightful more so than what I had to say. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think this is the best thing to happen to the Grogu character almost all season. Since the even. Book of Boba Fett, for sure. Since the Book of Boba yeah. Fett, because it does change how we get to interact with the character. And Grogu can do things like emote in a way by using the IG unit so he emotes he stops something from happening he's just not going to be following din around or in his uh you know stroller you know thing that floats he's he's actually able to participate which is really exciting i think for that character um now i hope you know they stick with this and this is kind of what we see grogu you know as through the remainder of the series um there's just so much they can do with the yeah. IG-12 mm. unit. Yeah, I have a feeling next episode we're going to see Grogu kind of adapt more to it, probably be much more proficient in his... Oh, oh my God, he can theory. use the Force Jamie? and oh. actually... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you got Jamie. No, you that's going Jamie. on with my theory that I just popped uh, yeah. in my, What if he uses IG-12, to go back to my original theory from months ago, to wield the Darksaber with <laughs> the droid <laughs> body? How cool and now would we're gonna that get, be? Have to, have to get lightsaber attachments for that same figurine. Actually, <laughs> I love it. That that is a very interesting idea. Yeah, I do like. I mean, that that, that, that would makes be on more par sense. with like Captain America wielding Mjolnir. I think not nearly to that scale, but no. like if we saw that, like he force grabs the dark saber from a perilous situation, that would be, that would be incredible. Something. Ooh, baby. I, if they do that, they have to make IG-12's movements less awkward. Because uh, right now, it's just a, just the mechanics of the robot it is, itself yeah. are very clunky and, and sort of all over the place. Yeah, which is the opposite of how a Jedi is supposed to, <laughs> you know, combat right. supposed to be. <laughs> right, but this isn't a Jedi. This is a Mandalorian weapon. So, I, you know, <laughs> Din was clunky with it, so he was just doing it like his father before him. <laughs> yeah so maybe it'll work sure maybe who knows maybe it'll be like yoda from the prequels where you know he's he's old and clunky when he's just walking around but then as soon as he gets his <laughs> yeah. lightsaber out he's bing bang boom bang boom so <laughs> we'll see but ig12 and grogu combo is fantastic um and we have a lot coming up in this next now episode very true. And to to go off that point, uh, Brendan Wayne, one of the fill-in actors for, um, one of the stunt actors for uh, Din is, you know, he came forward and said, there's a lot to be surprised about with this final episode. Uh, 
So Uh-oh. I I'm oh, I'm interested no. to sort of see what we've happen. got what we've got ahead of us, but it's about to get a little spicy let's, in Star Wars world. I, let's I talk spice. It. I know what's gonna happen. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Tell us what's gonna what's happen. What's gonna happen? Hit us with the theory. I I was wholeheartedly against this. But after a Star Wars celebration and understanding what the next steps are, there's not officially announced a season four of Mandalorian. I think Din Djarin will be sacrificed Let's in the go. ending of the season to save the Mandalorian society. My theory from, season, from episode one. <laughs> Finally, someone agrees with it, me. It may come to fruition. <laughs> I don't I'm want sort it of to on happen, board with that. But I, th- I think me it's, neither. I, 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 I would be disappointed. It would make sense. Holy we, shit! You guys were we making finally fun got of me for Paz six Vizsla weeks. dead. Paz Vizsla's finally gone. the The image is a little bit clearer. The fog has, you know, dissipated. We can now see the light. And then Din dies. I would be so disappointed. But uh, also, he's pledged his service to Bo-Katan. And that's true with that and with Grogu being back and being able to fend for himself. Yep. Here it just seems like the ending. And to also the, the here is of Din here is here is my counter argument right now. He is the is captured. Currently, he is the one character that is captured by this new first. I'm going to call it first order because that's what it is. Um, this new First Order that's uh, on Mandalore, I believe that we could actually see Bo-Katan, on the flip side, be the one that mm. actually ends up dying. Mm. That is my theory. All right. That, that I, could be as well. We've got one vote, for Din, one, fart, one vote for Din, one vote for Bo, Chris. One, one fart for Bo. One- <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay, this one is probably one of the more outlandish theories for the finale. Poopla style, I love it. Yep, let's see I it. think... It's possible. Now, we've already seen some sort of form of brainwashing within this episode. Mm. Whoa. I, I don't know if they can oh. stretch it this far, but what if they capture Din, put him through a cycle of brainwashing, and put, hook him up to the Mind Flayer, and then somehow force him to fight against Bo-Katan oh. and Grogu? No. Now, that would be interesting. That would be, that would be devastating. Very, that I would I like. I love that. That I would accept. Yes. That's how Din dies, because, of course, we can't let Grogu die. Oh, my God. Ooh, that's that's a spicy theory. Whew. That would yeah, because I don't think that there is that type of mind control in Star Wars, but mm. I don't know. Well, it's that's possible. interesting. They're just going to hook him up to the Bogolet. Bogolet. <laughs> Bogolet. Bogolet. All right, so there's plenty to speculate about the finale coming next week. What else do we need to cover before that? I think... We've talked a lot about a lot, but one scene we haven't talked too much about is the actual ambush itself. Um, really good dialogue from Moff Gideon. You, you clearly see what his intentions are at this point. Like I said, it's not so much that he's just looking for Grogu anymore. He's got a, a bone to pick with the Mandalorians as a whole. got a bone yeah. to pick. And this was definitely premeditated. Yeah, absolutely. And he wants to wipe every Mandalorian off the face of the galaxy. I guess my question on Moff Gideon's intentions here, so he's a, he, they've essentially wiped out via the Night of a Thousand Tears, the Purge, uh, almost all of the Mandalorian society. Now, he brings up to the Shadow Council that um, you need to reinforce me because they're 
you know, why are they more afraid of the Mandalorians than they they are are of the New Republic? Obviously, they're trying to look scattered because they're a part different imperial remnant, like they're different warlords. Is there something that they think that if the Mandalorians regain power on Mandalore, that that's more of a threat to them than even the New Republic? Because that's what it seems like. Um, There's something that like, I mean, the Mandalorians are a powerful society. Um, and now they're just on the outskirts. I mean, that was my just gist of it. It's just like they have this reputation for being this insurmountable force if they are working together. And that's why they've been disbanded for so long. Perhaps yeah. not as a direct intent of the Empire's doings, but it seems like that mm. has benefited them. They would in always terms be of in pushing their to the Empire, I guess. Exactly. In pushing their objectives and their missions with the new rise of the new order. Correct. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo indeed. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens next week. It's going to be a fantastic season finale, I assume, because this was a great season pre-finale. Uh, yes, Jake. I, I want to say my theory for Bo-Katan dying is because I just don't want Din to die. <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> only oh, There's that's no basis for the theory. I that's truly, too. yeah. What what I hey what I'm really excited about for that next episode though is there's about to be a battle between the Mandalorian uh, actual fleet, which is an Imperial fleet, versus yeah. another Imperial fleet. So that is going to be very cool. I hope they really play that up where Tie Fighter versus Tie Fighter. Yeah, that would be really visually. It's going to look strange. Unless now, hear this. What if the spy is on the fleet, and so the t- two fleets don't mm. fight each other, but the two fleets team up? Ooh. Oh, yeah. I don't know they if I, I don't like that theory. Never mind. Continue, Jake. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, fleeting thoughts, man. Nice. Totally gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just went off to light speed. It'll be back. So we know one spy. Ellie Kane, mm. at the very start of the episode, clearly a spy, but we kind of knew that. But again, before we, you know, talk about wrapping up here, we, let's finish with the episode's name, The Spies. Who are the top candidates to be spies? And we've already talked about the armor. Let's, let's name them else? off. Let's name them off. We have yeah. the armor potential. We have axe wolves potential. Yes. Wolves. We have the, the night owls that were stranded on Mandalore. I think that's a high contender, honestly. I, I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they looked gruff, they looked like they'd be ready to take a deal, and yeah, like they kind of just rolled up on them quite literally in in that in that ship. It was pretty yeah. quick when as soon as and I mean, they if Moff Gideon has been there for so long, they must have run into each other at some point. Right, like, there has no to be way. some degree of influence. Yeah, right. And they could just be pretending to have like a fully run down ship. Like they could potentially have Agreed. working spaceships. And they're just pretending to have this little sailing desert cruise ship thing. Yeah, that's a that's a great theory. Very Mad Maxy. Love that shit. Ah, uh, yeah. I do like a Mad Max sort of take. What if? Hear me out. If Din does die, what if he gets killed by Thrawn instead of Moff Gideon being killed? Ooh, by Thrawn, as we yeah. I mean, that'd be that would be cool. That'd be a good intro for Thrawn yeah, as well. That would mm-hmm. satisfy all you need from a big intro for the new bad guy. Then again, we have to remember, remember and maybe not all of the, not everyone on the podcast would remember, but 
this is Thrawn is not someone that is physically going to impose upon you. He's an admiral True. like of a fleet. So he's not going to necessarily right. fight you in combat. He can fight. He does fight. Uh, but he would preferably outsmart you. So that right. might be a, a bit different of a take on a villain than we've seen. I have one more spy to add to the list. It's more vague than a specific naming, but perhaps the Shadow Council is no longer willing to help support mm-hmm. Moff Gideon. Maybe there's a spy within the Shadow Council that, mm-hmm. you know, Moff Gideon falls into some trouble, as we know he likely will, hero-villain story, things like that. Maybe the Shadow Council no longer responds, and Moff Gideon gets to that cut point, off. To, ba- to that point, Chris, Hux's son... General Hux of the First Order was the yep. spy in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, that's, ah, that's true. Dang, that's yeah. interesting. Chris, that's a very interesting last theory, thing, taking the spy in yeah. the opposite direction. Because the Empire, they, they're not loyal to each other yeah. at all. Nobody is. Doggy so they, they're, they'll, they'll cut dead weight as, as soon as they see an opportunity to do so. So that's where that thing yeah, comes Yeah, absolutely. From. I mean, I was always thinking that the spies were going to be working for Moff Gideon. I didn't right. even consider a spy working against Moff Gideon. Whew. That's good theory. I'll lay one more potential theory, but this really doesn't have a naming involved. Uh, could it be someone that we've seen in a previous episode? Jack Black. But n- not in this episode. That was my first thought. <laughs> oh, shit. It's possible. <laughs> oh, no. I mean... <laughs> it's Lizzo! Maybe... maybe <laughs> I'm 100% maybe Jack Black's character. that spy. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible that even not even like a full live action role maybe just like a hologram that jack black shows up and and puts a plan in motion somehow uh you know maybe he was the reason that that, that uh moff gideon knew the mandalorians mm-hmm. were coming because they just met with jack black at his planet and then that's where the mandalorians were so perhaps jack black was feeding information perhaps the Captain, whatever we should call his Captain actual Bombardier. Star Wars name. Bombardier. Perhaps Bombardier was feeding information directly to Moff Gideon uh, as the Mandalorians were stationed there. Mm. And maybe that planet, not, not Narkina, um, Palazir, was not 15. as neutral as anyone would come to expect. Uh, I don't like it. Okay. I like it. But I think those are the potential ca- candidates for Spy. I like it. Chris. There's a, there's a reason for all of them. Like we don't we don't know the intentions of many of the Mandalorians. So that's what makes it is going to make this really compelling. Right. Um, yeah. So likely the I, I, that's gonna be fun. one of the other spies is you know the the person who freed Moff Gideon from that from yes. that ship. So one of the spies that we're going to be talking about is the person with Baskar who freed Moff Gideon from the ship. Ooh, but now that I'm thinking about it. Moff Gideon had all sorts of Baskar he all over the place. Baskar. All of his, That's what I all of his stormtroopers yeah. had Baskar, so it could have just been his little stormy mm-hmm. boys. I'm just going to toss one thing in there. Very different from anything that we're talking about. <laughs> but the New Republic does know the location of Mandalore, right? Yeah. Like that was identified through R5, right? R5 yeah. could report that information back. Could we have a culmination of all of... Like the new empire, the new first order, the new republic, the Mandalorians. Could this be like an all-out war in this final episode? Oh, as so you're saying, another faction I, joins in. I don't mm. think so, Jake, because of how 
with Captain Tiva when he asked the the New Republic for any sort of uh, any sort of support. Their bureaucracy no. just crushed that. Now I think he could maybe show up. Hmm. I actually that's rather likely. I could see that be actually pretty plausible that Captain Tiva in his X fighter maybe but that, with with the others. But that was in regards to Navarro. That was not in regards to Mandalore. That was because Navarro mm. hadn't that hadn't like pledged allegiance True. or signed the documentation mm. or gone through the correct red tape to be approved by the New Republic. Mandalore is very different. So that's a, a good point, Jake. But for the same reasons, that Mandalore is also not a member state, as they say, or member sure. planet. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but you would definitely pay more attention to Mandalore than you would Navarro. Right. So that that's a decent theory. Yeah, we do kind of have to speculate on who the uh, you know Deus Ex Machina is going to be because clearly Din is in trouble, the Mandalorians as a whole are in trouble, the fleet is in trouble. So who's going to come to their aid? Yeah, I don't know. We saw in Mace last season Windu, a, a young <laughs> oh, Luke Skywalker yeah. came as the. Uh, it's going to be bad about that. Maybe in Ahsoka. <laughs> But I, I don't. Do we see a Jedi come to the aid of the Mandalore? Would we I be pissed if so. Mace Windu saved the day? <laughs> I, if that's how they introduce Mace Windu, yes. Because that would make absolutely zero sense. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I, I feel like this is not going to have a... Other than Grogu using some force-wielding abilities, I, I don't think uh, there's going to necessarily be a force presence but but maybe i mean ahsoka ahsoka is a part of this group true uh maybe you know maybe we see a sabine wren with a with a lightsaber show up i don't know yeah maybe i yeah i'm kind of agreeing with andy that i don't really think that there's gonna necessarily be a jedi showing up i think it's probably all of the characters that we have at mandalore right now i think are going to be the ones that take part in this final battle that we have coming up in the next episode. Maybe someone else from the Shadow Council shows up or sends reinforcements or something, but I kind of get the sense that everything's just going to go down with the current actors on the board. Uh, but we'll see. Mm. I'm, I'm very mm. excited for it. It's going to be one hell of an episode. So much exciting stuff. So as we end this episode of the Holocron Hoopla podcast... Let's give some quick final thoughts on this episode, episode seven of season three of The Mandalore, The Spies. Quick final thoughts on the episode and what you're most looking forward to in the season finale. And then, of course, we got to give it a rating on a scale of one to order 66. Who wants to go first? Andy. Darth Smithius. I'm waving at the camera because I want to talk about... My rating here, which is a 60 out of 66. This was an incredible episode for many different reasons. Namely for me is the the Shadow Council scene really does connect the original trilogy to the sequel trilogy. And there's always, for the past few years since Rise of Skywalker came out, there's been some pushback and and the ways that they, they took that, you know, took that storyline, but they can fix that through these shows and, and spill it out a little bit more. And also like bringing in characters from legends materials. Captain Pelion was first introduced in the eighties, like having that character on screen. That's awesome. Having Hux's dad, Brendel Hux 
Brendel Hux, who yeah. actually gets killed by Captain Phasma in about 30 years from now. But I'm not going to tell you anything <laughs> more about that because that's in the Phasma book. You should check it out. Um, and then also like the, that final Imperial hangar scene with, uh, with Moff Gideon, Paz Vizsla. What a, I was going to say, trooper pun intended ah. he, he truly did like that was a great ending i think for that character that they built well throughout the season um so yeah 60 out of 66 excited for the imperial battle above the planet of mandalore Ooh. and potentially seeing din Djarin, the mandalorian's death I love the fact that you guys are coming around to my theory from episode one. <laughs> Redemption. I love it. Chris, what did you think about this episode? Yeah, a lot of the same things as, as Andrew there. I'm going to go ahead and give this a 59 out of 66. Yes, it's technically only four points higher than my previous episode rating, but let's just forget about that. Uh, this episode had it all. It had uh, you know a true goal from both sides. Uh, we got the return of our excellent villain. Uh, who, you know, with Giancarlo Esposito, I mean, it's it's just no comparison mm-hmm. to any of the other villains we've seen throughout this particular past couple, six episodes. So uh, to have a big bad back is Gorian very Shard. refreshing. <laughs> the Pirate King was the, kind the of a measly dragon. Uh, yeah, what about the birds, Chris? <laughs> again, come on, again, man. All these are flavor of the week. We were just waiting for the the, fi- the, the big show, the head act, uh, and now we've got it, and now we have true intentions. Again, I like that it has changed from, okay, let's capture Grogu because we want to do some research on him, to the Mandalorians are the worst plague in this galaxy, let's eliminate all of them. So we have clear direction, and this final episode is just going to be a culmination of uh, the past seven episodes, including itself that eighth episode. Uh, this is a true test of... I don't want to say patience for Star Wars fans, because of course we're going to watch it all and and enjoy it in, in certain parts. But there's been not so much controversy, but more kind of when is it going to get to be important again? And And over the past couple of episodes, we've kind of wondered, why am I still watching? And this is why. We, we know these final two episodes, episode seven and eight, are going to be worth it and bring together everything that we've seen so far. So very excited. This episode was excellent, and I'll give that a 59 out of 66. Beautifully stated, Chris. Well done. I'm proud of you. Keep up the good work. Jake, Thank can you. you do better Thanks. than that? Yeah, I can't wait to follow up after both of those. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you can always just fall back to your speaking <laughs> spell with just two words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> remain very laconic because, you know, th- that'll just make things much easier for Whoa. everyone. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to go 59 out of 66. We will jump Hoopla! up to 60. Hoopla! We will jump up to 60 level range next week. I'm that confident. Yeah. Din will survive <laughs> as long as... Yeah, yeah, I, I hope he will survive. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, uh, yeah, this has been... Just an absolute delight to watch as a Star Wars fan. Um, I I have all the faith in Dave Filoni and John Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy in terms of taking it, the future of and taking it being the future of Star Wars uh, and moving forward. But and being successful with it. But my my one thing is it does lie on this last episode, and I I do know they're gonna knock it out of the park, but we just have to wait and see. So fifty nine out of sixty six. Super entertaining. They hit all the right keys. And 
all I have to say about this episode is just one word. Yes. <laughs> and Jake, steaks. Jake, this could Jake, this could be the final episode of the Mandalorian series. Yeah. Yeah. So it better stick it. It better stick yeah. it. But I believe it will because of director Rick Famuyiwa. We didn't mention his name too much in this pod, but mm. he directed the heck out of this episode. Absolutely. And he's been Same. elevated to be an ex- uh, executive producer right alongside Dave Filoni and John Favreau uh, for the series. Uh, just mm. we need to shout out his name because he's directed some of my favorite episodes. The Mudhorn episode, episode two. I think oh, that might be wow. my favorite episode. Ever. That was a good one. So and he di- directed this episode one. and he's directing next week as well. And next. Yes. Beautiful. Wow. I love it. The pressure is certainly on. And if you had asked me before I watched episode seven, if they were going to nail the finale to the season, I would have been skeptical. After watching episode seven, yeah. I am right. extremely confident that the finale to the season is yes. going to be fantastic. What an incredible episode this was. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 61 out of 66 Ooh, this la. week. It is going to get a bonus point um, just for Grogu. <laughs> And IG-12 being my favorite thing that's ever yes, happened. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, yes. I mean... Okay, wait, wait, wait one, one final thing. I'm sorry for bringing us back to one more theory here. Grogu and Ben Solo will be the only two people to ever defeat Praetorian guards. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That, I like that. Yes. I yes, love that theory. Yes. Grogu yes. <laughs> defeats the Praetorian guards. Ray, Ray helped. Ray, Ray defeated no, guards. Ray, yeah, Ray, I'm sorry, Ray did. I just wanted Ray to did. say, like, and it wasn't Ben Solo. It yeah. was technically Kylo. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, you don't think he was redeemed by then? <laughs> yeah. No, he was still yeah. evil then. Yeah. Um, I love this episode. Can't wait to see how many of our wonderful theories come true next week. Uh, probably not all of them because we have we a lot of a conflicting lot. theories, <laughs> but I'm feeling confident that my original theory that Din Djarin's going to die might come true. Feeling less confident that my original theory that, uh, Grogu is going to wield the Darksaber and be the king of the Mandalorians, you know, not feeling great about that one, but hey, anything could happen. And I'm looking forward to the most, the return of the Mythosaur next week. That's going to be Ooh, badass yeah. as hoopla. So thank you all for tuning in. Does the mythosaur eat Moff Gideon? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) With an IG-12 unit riding him with the Darksaber. Yes. (laughs) And a little Yoda riding that. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Holocron Hoopla podcast. Tune in next week for our season finale episode of Mandalorian Season 3. A lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Uh... Please go ahead and rate us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Leave a comment, review, all that good stuff. Let everybody you know uh, learn about this wonderful podcast. Tell all your friends. Tell them to watch The Mandalorian if they're not watching because they're missing out on a great show. Seriously. They have just enough time to catch up for this fantastic finale that's about to happen. And then they can join the hoopla with us. And with that, it is time for the moment of highest hoopla. The quote of the episode. As Moff Gideon said... Thank you for gathering the Mandalorians into one place. You were a talented people, but your time has passed. However, as you can see, Mandalore will live on in me, 
Thanks to your planet's rich resources, I have created the next generation Dark Trooper suit forged from Beskar alloy, and the most impressive improvement is that it has me in it. Oh, baby. That just made me hate Moff Gideon. A dark highest hoopla. That might be the first highest hoopla from a bad guy. (laughs) That was the lowest hoopla. Well, I mean, I had a few (laughs) Halbrand, but... I thought I loved Halbrand. Halbrand's not a bad guy. <laughs> uh, go listen to Hobbit Hoopla podcast a, a for anybody bad. who missed the... <laughs> yeah, dude, just throw that in at the end. <laughs> and if you don't get that reference, you have eight episodes of a, of a production to watch and then yeah, eight episodes of a podcast to listen go to. Go watch The Rings of Power. <laughs> go listen to the Hobbit Hoopla podcast about The Rings of Power. So many wonderful things to listen to. Thank you all. This is probably not going to be in the episode, but I'll thank you anyway. I love you all very much. somehow palpable returned.